Welcome to episode number 78 of Talking Mopars. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the worldwide vandemic, vans vanning, being a two percenter, the van craze, and my new sh- box, a 1978 Dodge B200 Tradesman Shorty Boogie Van. This episode's going to be shorter than some of the most recent episodes because, frankly, I'm out of storage on my podcast host. See, I'm limited to only 600 megabytes per month, and I only have 15 megabytes left. Now, I'm going to get a little geeky here, but bear with me while I explain my dilemma. I encode my podcasts as MP3s at a bitrate of 128 kilobytes per second. At that bitrate, a 30-minute podcast is going to cost me roughly 30 megabytes. So we need to try and knock this one out in 10 to 15 minutes, which kind of blows, but we're going to get through it and once again come back strong for April. But if you're dying for more content, I'm going to be firing up my YouTube channel and I'm going to be posting content there regularly from now on. And you're still going to get my videos on Facebook and... I'm just trying to grow my YouTube channel, so go find me there by searching for Talking Mopars, but we don't have much time today, so without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. I grew up around vans. That's why I've never had the negative connotations towards them that your average person does. I guess I've always been a vanner at heart, but I've never actually owned one until now. Sure, I grew up around them, and hell, if I'm being honest here, I was likely conceived in one. So to say that vanning is in my blood isn't too far of a stretch. I love the cultural aspect of vans and the camaraderie that I see amongst vanners that spans the globe. I've been hearing for a while now that vanning is making a resurgence, but I'd argue that it never truly went away. The true two percenters have been vanning this whole time. But you do have a whole new culture within vanning, and that's the van life folks who are basically just drifters living out of their vans. Many of them even have large followings on social media and live off sponsor and affiliate marketing income. That's insane to me, but it's really cool. It's actually a really amazing hustle that they have. And to me, it looks like a blast if you're the type of person who loves road tripping and not being tied down anywhere. It reminds me a lot of over-the-road truck driving, which I did for a short period of time before I actually got a local truck driving job. I love the idea of the open road and living by the seat of your pants. Thankfully, there are still hardcore vanners out there living the life and have been keeping the vanning culture alive and well, despite what people may think when they claim that vanning is making a comeback. Van culture itself never went anywhere, but a lot of those people who were in the scene had left, leaving the true two percenters the mission of keeping the culture alive, which they have done successfully. Unfortunately, my dad sold his Dodge Boogie van to my uncle when I was only a few years old and ended up buying a Chevy camper van. Yes, I know what you're thinking, but I had a lot of good memories in that Chevy camper van, but I really wish my dad had never sold his Dodge. My Uncle Ray had that van for a long time and even drove it across the country once. He ended up selling it and both me and my dad regret that my dad never bought it back. I wish that he had bought it back because I probably wouldn't have had to go through such great lengths to find my own, and it probably would still be in pretty good shape. My dad bought his van back in 75, brand new, as a shorty cargo van with a single rear door complete with the big rear window louvers, the front spoiler flares, side pipes, appliance wheels, a front window visor, the porthole windows, 
custom shag and diamond tuck interior, and the super cool indie awning spoiler, which was an awesome wing mounted on the top of the back of the van on two faux air scoops that actually had a damn awning that came out of it. One of the coolest wings ever made, in my opinion. If you've never seen one, it's a really cool looking wing and an awning actually comes out of it. Super cool. And I really hope I can find one in the future because I want to get one. They are awesome. But rumor has it that my uncle sold the van to a kid up in Bellingham, Washington, who wrecked it shortly after buying it. And I've been hunting that van for a while with zero luck. I've reached out to every big vanner that I could find on Instagram and Facebook and tried to get them to put the word out and no luck. So with no luck finding my dad's old van, I set out to find a boogie van of my own to build before they become even harder to find than they already are. I had originally made a deal with my friend Stacy to buy a van that he had been gifted, but due to some complications with the paperwork, we could not make the deal happen at this time, unfortunately. His van was a longer wheelbase van than the shorty at 127 inches versus the shorty at 109 inches, and his was a 73. It was orange, it was a stripped out old ready camp van with the circular porthole windows, a roof vent, and a sunroof, completely stripped out, minimal rust issues, but I had discovered the issue with the paperwork only a couple of days before I was set to go get it. That was last weekend, and I was super disappointed that we couldn't make it happen, but I always try to have a plan B, and that plan B was already in place should something happen to go wrong with Stacy's van, which unfortunately is what happened. After I had sold my bag D100, my 76, and my Dart, my buddy Dustin reached out to me to see if I was interested in any of the tin grills in his personal collection. One of the trucks he had offered me was a uh, short wheelbase, two-wheel drive, 77 Dodge D100 Adventure SE for a very nice price, and I was really interested in it and actually intended on buying it, but this was shortly before I had reached out to the then-current owner of the Mr. Norm Tribute truck, which I am now the proud owner of. In two of the pics of the trucks that Dustin sent me, I could barely see a brown Dodge van in the pictures, and me being me, I just had to ask about it. You know how I am. So he told me it was a 78 B200 Tradesman with what appeared to be the original 360, and it was root beer brown. And after buying it, I realized that the paint code was DT6524, which according to my research was T7, a 1977 color called Coffee Sunfire Metallic. I originally thought it was, God, what did I think it was? Sable Sunfire Metallic or something like that. But I need to do some more research on that to make sure that info is accurate. But that's the info I was able to get from the paint code on the equipment ID label under the hood. At the time that I asked about the van, it wasn't for sale. But two days later, Dustin offered to sell me the truck and the van in a package deal, but I had already reached out to the owner of the Mr. Norm truck to strike a deal with that. So after buying the Mr. Norm truck, I hadn't forgotten about the root beer brown van that Dustin had, but I was committed to the one Stacy was going to sell me. So I kind of put it on the back burner. I actually had thought about buying the truck and the van as the package deal and Stacy's van and flipping Dustin's van, but obviously that didn't work out. So fast forward to a little bit over a month later and the deal with Stacy's van had fallen apart days before I was set to go pick it up and that was like last Thursday. I reached back out to Dustin and said if the van was still for sale I'd buy it for what he wanted out of it and I could be there in two days to buy it. After not much convincing Dustin got the van back to his place from his friend's shop where they were about to get it back together and get it running and Dustin was cool enough to say you know what I'll bring it back to my house and you can buy it from me there. 
So a buddy of mine from work named Adam helped me haul it with his (coughs) Chevy Duramax. (coughs) And we had a great day seeing some Mopars in yards and fields and also drooling over Dustin's collection of cool tin grills and muscle cars. Dustin has a 70 Cuda, a 69 Super B, a 69 Roadrunner convertible, a GTO, and a whole horde of tin grills, including a long bed macho power wagon. So there was no shortage of Mopar awesomeness for us to look at while we were over there in Sunnyside, Washington. Fast forward almost a week later, and now I own this van. I am happy that I was able to make the deal happen because this van is pretty close to what my dad's van was, with the exception of being a few years newer, being a 78, my dad's being a 75, and the changes made to the vans in 78 that differentiate them from the older ones. It actually even has the big single rear door like my dad's. So these little things, you know, just make it cool for me to get another vehicle, much like the Dart that I had, which was close to my dad's, but now I have a van that was close to my dad's, so that's pretty cool, and I don't have any intentions of selling this one, and when I think back about selling my Dart and my 76D100, you know, when I get a little depressed about it, I have to look outside or in the garage and see the Mr. Norm Tribute truck and realize that everything happens for a reason, so those regrets quickly dissipate and I realized that I made a good decision. But where I am now is coming up with a game plan to make this van the coolest mobile podcasting boogie van on planet Earth to take to events and hopefully be able to tow my tin grill to events as well. I like the fact that it has a 360, which I plan to get running, but I do have a few engines that could potentially find their way into the van. One being the $100 Hemi that I bought a while back. Another being the 360 that will eventually be coming out of the Mr. Norm truck to make way for a modern Hemi, and of course, the engine that was originally intended for my Dart, the 451 Stroker. Regardless of future engine plans, I'd like to get the van in a safe running and driving condition sooner rather than later, so I'm going to do a full restoration on it by cleaning up the sun-beaten paint, clean up some of the rust issues, redo the interior, prepare it for road trips and podcasting, and boogie the hell out of it. But... I'm just really excited about it, and I'm so excited that here's what I do. I usually get a vehicle, and then I buy a bunch of parts for it that really don't even, you know, belong on it yet because it's not even running. So I actually already ordered some wheels for this buggy van, and, you know, because of course I would, because that's what I do. I usually buy a car and then buy some stuff to kind of get me motivated on it. You know, funny enough, I'm saying that now, but I did buy some wheels for this van and they're going to look awesome. It's also going to have some of the usual boogie van features, including but not limited to a spoiler, a flare kit, visor, side pipes and rake. Glorious rake with this wheel and tire package I'm planning. So stay tuned to see the transformation of my new podcast boogie van. And heck, why not go find a boogie van of your own? Because I'm thinking of starting a modern day Dodge van clan and it's no fun to boogie alone. That was the update for what I'm doing, where I'm at, my Mopar mission of rescuing this boogie van, and finally getting my opportunity to build the coolest mobile podcasting boogie van on planet Earth. No Mopar left behind. There you have it, folks. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about the podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, concerns, complaints, and everything else on your Mopar-addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail on my voicemail box to play on the show at 209 28 
Mopar. If you enjoy this show and would like to show your support and help me out, consider buying some Talking Mopars merchandise at the Talking Mopars merch shop, which you can find on my website. And check it out, guys. I'm finally launching my YouTube channel, which you can find and subscribe to by searching for Talking Mopars on YouTube. And of course, you never know when I'm going to go do a random Facebook live stream. So be sure to have your notification settings set to let you know when I release new content to my Facebook page. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at Talking Mopars Podcast. Special thanks to my friends over at DIYHemi.com, HemiPages.com, Johnny Mopar and his YouTube channel, Matt Monroe from the Madfro Monroe on Big Box Garage podcast, and you, the listener. Without you, I'm just a crazy Mopar addict talking to myself. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.